1: This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Fitt. Hey everybody,
2: it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. What's up? From
3: Drew Hey, this is Nick Lutz from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa
1: Buckley. Working class bull hunter. Working class bowl hunter. Bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast.
2: Working class bull hunter podcast. Working class bull Working class bow hunter.
1: Working class bowl hunter. Bow hunter. Bow hunter. Bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bowl hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe bucket The working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T-Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in really
0: really not that good
3: it is time once again for another wonderful maybe i'll start with wonderfully excellent something i'm gonna do Rendition of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are at 1600 Buckslayer Place. We're right in the Buckatorium. Beautiful Sherrard, Illinois. Mm. Man, mm. How, does it, how does it feel to be in Illinois? My name's Steve.
1: Kurt's in the house. Eric's here douglas is here do you douglas. feel
3: like the ringleader that you do the intros no i just feel like uh i just do the intro and maybe that's my <laughs> nothing job. else but the <laughs> that's it's my good job the ringleader no i called you a ringleader <laughs> the other the other day i had to
1: clarify you did the intro and you looked around and smiled
2: i was like yeah steve's real happy to be here he does that when we all say our names he's like
3: because yeah, i'm yeah, dude, i'm just yeah, happy to be yeah. surrounded by uh real good friends real good uh deer hunters thank you
2: thank
0: you so.
1: You're, you're, uh, you're kind of scummy, didn't uh, look scummy at friends, but, you know. You're cool. Yeah, cool. We treat you better than anybody else in your life has ever treated you. That's probably, I, that's probably a fact. Your own mother I loves cannot, you less I than we really love you. you. <laughs> dude, I,
3: I do got to feel bad for my mom. Like, she raised me, and I look back, I'm like, dude, I I suck. <laughs> like, How does my mom still you're love me? You just
2: were a total shithead, weren't you?
3: Oh Yeah, dude, I was the worst. But um, what I am <laughs> really good at is uh, hosting a podcast. And, uh, I don't and, even man, that either. The, that oh, was your chance man, to move I'm, right on. I'm sorry, like dude.
1: This. I this podcast is brought to you by Elite
3: Archery. We just talked to Darren uh, last week. Dude, go, if you didn't, check out the new bows that they got. Three new target the bows. The Ritual, the Echelon. And a hunting
1: bow. Yeah, the Ritual. The Enlist. The Enlist is in there. Oh, the, the, the Enlist. Yeah, we got no, a kind of space budget friendly. Budget-friendly. Um, check out Elite Archery, EliteArchery.com. Uh, the podcast Also brought to you by HHA, uh, Single Pin Sights, um, get a lot of questions on those lately. I think Christmas time, everyone's all excited about that, the holiday season, about buying new equipment and uh, ATA show coming up. Uh, everything's coming out. Try a single-pin sight. Just give it a shot, or it, it's worth it, man. It clears up your sight picture, and uh, for me, I feel more confident with my equipment. Um, scent Crusher. Mm. I, we talk about it a lot. The gear bag has really changed the mm. way we do scent control. Um, it's actually, in my opinion, it's more effective than... You know, going in scentless, like the sprays and the soaps and all that, that stuff can Mm -hmm. always help, too. But when you add the ozone factor in with your gear bag and you can literally take that system and put it in your truck or car or whatever and run a cycle on your way out to the tree, it's really a game changer, man. From the ozone go, the closet, the gear bag, the roller bag, the tote, they have a system
2: to help you eliminate scent, you're and not taking two and a half hours to wash your clothes, dry them, super and, easy, and super simple. Right. Yeah, and
1: wear out your equipment too, let alone your yeah. water bill. <laughs> Toss it in your truck <laughs> and go. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. you
3: go. Or if you got an SUV, fits perfectly in the back seat, and you usually got a cigarette lighter back there. Smith Custom
1: Meats and Deer Processing. I had to go pick up a couple deer this coming weekend. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. You got a mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. doe to pick up. Biggin. She's not. She's not in yet. Man, they got swamped. I think he's. He's got to be around a 1,000 year
2: now, huh? He's got to. For the we year. we got
1: to check in with him. Well, I know. He didn't podcast last year. we got to get him on. I know. No. It's been he, too long. He brought us bacon when he did. But it for once. our local listeners, if you're in the area of Viola, Illinois, um, uh, you know, south of the Quad Cities, um, Iowa or Illinois, uh, check him out. Um, great products. Um, I brought some of the jalapeno cheese uh, summer sausage to work today and uh, didn't leave with any because everyone that I work with ate it
2: at all. See, I'm did really the, digging the uh, jalapeno cheese and apple I like the Ooh. apple a lot, Ooh. too. It's, yeah, it did the, good. Mm. Did the Johnson mm. brothers uh, mm. taste some of that since they quit deer hunting?
1: They're just big mooches. Um, they don't deer hunt anymore. Yeah, That's Brian weird. Johnson, he quit He quit deer hunting, so bless his, bless his heart. Don't know why, Brian, R. but, R. but mm, whatever. R.I.P. R. 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 Yep. Also, the podcast is now brought to you by Rattler Grips. Sexy um, Grips. Handsome, Rob, pimp boom, boom sauce. Boom sauce. Yes. Um, Rob Schneider, the man. Hit him up on Facebook or RattlerGrips.com makes custom bow grips he makes custom 1911 grips revolver grips um any grip you want he'll make it pretty much yeah he's got a ton of materials to choose from you can do antler you can do this 3d pattern you can do yeah a marble pattern anything you want Um, he can basically come up with something and he does engraving if you have a logo that you want done you can get that engraved on your grips or if you just want a plain grip made by him or you want your own custom rattler working class bow hunter grip you can have that done too so they, check them out.
3: They look good. They're easy to install. We put the blue grip. Say, I got a green uh, Elite Option 6, and we put that blue on there, and it, I was like, I knew I wanted to do something different, and we put that on, and me and Kurt were like, dude, that thing looks It looks awesome. really good. It helps it pop. So, yeah, check them out. He does really good work. Again, they're easy to install, and uh, dude, it set your bow apart. That's
1: right. It's Absolutely. like the custom feel and look it needs. Everyone does the strings, all the colors, but... The grip. Even if you have your own logo, he can put that on there for you. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. All right, check all them guys out. We got to thank them for supporting this show. Um yep. But we got to thank uh, people for helping this
3: show go on. We're gonna thank a vet. Sorry, Kurt. You were just d- drifting into it, and I wanted to do it. Nope. You're you're fantastic. Uh, Kurt's all mad. He's on his phone now. Nope. <laughs> the vet shout out this week. The which we do each and every week. Again, if you've got vets, send it in to Working Class Bowhunter. Um, or go to WorkingClassBowhunter.com. You can find the email. We're all over social media. If you got a vet you want to shout out, they don't even have to hunt. Dude, we'll do it. Not a problem. Uh, this this vet uh, shout out's going to be, <laughs> man, I'm going to butcher this name, and I apologize. Uh, Cole Kearns. He's a uh, electronics techs, uh, tech in the U.S. Navy. Your good buddy Jacob Gish wanted us to shout you out. Thank you for your service to this country, man. We really appreciate it. Um, I, I don't know if he's still active, but if you are, keep up the good fight. If you're not, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate all our veterans. If you have a veteran shout-out, submit them. Go to our website. Uh, We have the contact form. You can send them in there. Facebook, Instagram, follow us at Working Class Bullhunter and all those. You can uh, put in someone for a veteran shout-out, and we will do our best to get to it.
3: And if you get got a veteran charity, too, don't forget uh, we love those just as much. I mean, you know, uh, we're always here trying to figure out what we can do for those who put their name on that blank check. How can we give back, man? You know, and there's uh, there's something that if something pops – you never know what we could uh, what we could try and help out with. I mean, you know, we all in this room are really concerned about uh, our vets. that do have PTSD and anything we can help, uh, we'd be more. How than can happy we to work do. together? Yeah, we want to work together and uh, and help out those who nice who were getting ready to fight for us and don't know us. So, just want to throw that out there. If you got any ideas, again, workingclassbowhunter.com, com. Whatever we can do, we're going to give it a shot. Absolutely. That's right.
1: Guys, we hate to do this to you. This happened a few episodes ago. We're selling out. Okay, again? Yeah, I'm sorry. Doug's God. here in the studio. He's upset. He's upset. God bless it. He's upset. God, God grief. We got another PSA, and uh, uh, yeah. you hate to do it. You but hate to see it. You hate to see. it. You know, but the bigger I'm leaving. Herrick's out. The bigger you get, the more you sell out. I'm Dude, sorry, we, guys.
3: We had to. We had to get new equipment. We had to do wow. what we had to do. It just sucks. But sorry.
1: So this segment is brought to you by whatever the PSA is. We'll just play it. Pretty shitty advertising if you ask me. We'll see you on the other end. We love you guys. Curtis here. Steven here. From Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. And we think it's time we have a talk.
3: Have you noticed a friend or a loved one that has shot their first buck? and has just decided that maybe they know a little bit more about hunting than you do.
1: Social media has ruined us all and we think it's
3: gone too far.
1: Their social media feed used to be filled
3: with wonderful things such as pictures of their children, them at church, enjoying life, the finer things. But suddenly it all took a dark turn. And now... Professional Hunter
0: Syndrome.
1: Professional Hunter Syndrome. It affects all first-time bow hunters that get lucky on that buck. Nothing will serve them right but a couple years of tag soup and humble pie. Here's some signs and symptoms you can look for.
3: Giving you input on something they...
1: Do absolutely nothing about the year before. Excessive commenting on anything bow hunting forums and social media. Using hashtags only for that coveted 10% discount. We all know that front-facing camera's getting a little tired. By the way, no one gives a fuck about your input on trail cams. And also. Fix your fucking acre point. You look like an idiot. But
3: there is hope. Well, hell, we're nice, guys, so we're here to help. With just a few quick steps, we'll teach you how to eliminate that shit real quick. Isn't that right, Kurt? Step one.
1: You'll struggle to kill something next year, and then you'll be asking all the people who you told what they should do what you should do.
3: Step two, delete your social media. Nothing worse than using hashtags and not killing shit.
1: There you go, buddy. That anger point's starting to look a little better up the good work start telling you no one gives a fuck about the deer your cousin killed but the
3: third and final step is the most important step what you're going to do is you're going to listen to working class bow hunter podcast each and every thursday a new episode you're going to listen we're not going to charge you and you're going to be able to drop that bullshit act and you're going to be a real one but if you're a chick and you want to send us pics from your social media by all means
1: By the way, if you're an insta famous huntress, we can see through your bullshit. We know who really knows their stuff and who doesn't. Go shoot your bow. We love you. And we're see through clothes. We're not. Man, I don't know where that one came from. That was weird. It was different, wasn't it? Who approves these, <laughs> dude? You know when you
3: you did, didn't you, Steve? No. All right. When you when you sign on the dotted line, or when I forge Kurt's signature, you get taken and we, of. You know, we get the money. It's, and, in the fi- uh, it's
1: in the
0: fine print that gets
1: you there. It,
3: you know, it happens every time. Every but,
2: time. Uh, we'll get you. <laughs> hate yeah. to see it, Hondo. Huh, <laughs> hate to see that.
3: Anyway, I've, unfortunately for you listeners at home, there will be more of those to come. But uh, we're spacing oh. them out as far as we can. Yeah. So. Sorry
1: about that. Moving on it with happens. the podcast. Yep. Today Garrett. we have a cool episode. Uh, oh,
3: I'm we'll, sorry. What? I, I wanted to introduce him. I got excited. Go for it. Garrett from the Modern Assassins is going to be on. I'm really excited to talk to this dude. I remember watching Instagram videos of this dude bow hunting, or I mean bow fishing. Bow everything. Yeah, bow fishing stingrays. Wouldn't you just call that bow
2: hunting, though? No. Bow fishing. No, but it's kind of weird. Bow fishing yeah, stingrays. Like, that does sound kind of weird. You're bow but... hunting stingrays. It's
0: in water, though. me...
2: I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I saw that, and this we're guy really is, excited to get this. this. dude's awesome. He does everything. I mean, deer hunting, stingray f- hunting. he's all about everything. <laughs> stingray fishing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's
1: that's,
3: that's a cool hunting. thing. Like, we he's always like fun. to interview
2: guys like this because
1: he's as real as it gets, man. He is the real deal, yeah. and it's no, always fun talking to people like this from areas that we've never been and hear how they handle everything. Yeah. What's up, Eric? Sorry. The, the no bullshit. The, the, the no bullshit. bullshit. Um, or... We'll get into it. We're, we're, yep. we're giving away all the secrets before <laughs> right, the podcast right. starts. All right at right the beginning. We we're going to get that. them on. We're going to talk about it. Hope you guys enjoy. Learn a little bit about the Modern Assassins. Hope you enjoy it and check them out. Thanks for listening. Sorry about the PSA again. We love you. You guys are too good to us. All right, on the phone with us, we
3: have Garrett Benner from the Modern Assassins. But before we get to him, we do want to do another vet shout out. Uh, the guy, the cat's name is Zach Anderson. Uh, go check his Instagram out. This dude's a bad mother. Z A K underscore Anderson. Yeah, he's a Marine. The guy's like an outfitter out in Montana. The dude's hustling. Got out. You know, did his time for our country. We appreciate that, and now he's uh, giving back to the united states in montana by being a guide and helping that population uh, of critters thrive through uh selective uh selective culling so <laughs> i just wanted to throw some fancy words in there but uh you're doing great garrett how in the What's world happening? are
0: you i'm doing pretty damn good how y'all doing good Excellent. enough man.
1: good yeah. good enough just there thank you well, for doing man. our podcast man we appreciate that
0: for sure man i'm a big fan of y'all for sure uh, th- uh, always enjoy listening to the podcast why <laughs> man i tell you what, it's just listening to you guys sit there and talk um for real feels like i could just be sitting there talking with you or it's the same as sitting there talking hunting with my buddies you know what i mean it's just uh just the the raw real no bullshit like just guys <laughs> being themselves talking about what they love to do you know Hey, do you think
3: if we were just sitting around at like a steak and shake, people would just listen to us? Or do we just have to have a microphone in front of us that <laughs> so people listen to us? It depends how much you're talking, Steve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it depends if they clear the room or not. Like, oh, that that guy with the big nose
0: is talking. Time to get the children out of here. Yeah. But, well, before we get far off, or, before I forget about this, I want to say something about my buddy, Zach Anderson. Uh, that, that shout out. Man. I met this guy uh, through social media a few years back, and he was in the service. Now he's anywhere from Texas to up and down the West Coast, from from the snow to, to to the desert. But one time we were talking, and I I believe it was either it was either super hot or it was super cold, and I was kind of bitching about it. And he sent me a picture of him overseas. In uniform, full gear, laying in a hole that was barely a depression, and the wind and sand blowing across so bad that I could barely see him in the selfie. Oh. And, you know, that's the kind of shit that I, I you know, a lot of people take for granted. We, we, we sit out there and we call our hunting conditions miserable a lot, but man, we, we always got to do the right thing and thank these guys you know and that's uh-huh. why i'm really appreciative of your vet shout out too because we wouldn't be able to do this without them and most of them guys are hunters and everything just like us you know? exactly.
3: yeah yeah they uh they don't uh they're just like the the working man just like me and you you know they, for, sure, uh, for sure it's not dude we we love our vets uh and we've got to know a couple of them our good buddies uh gene miller dude it's just Anytime I see that, you know, when vets are out there hunting, making a name for themselves, they're like, "Dude, I'm always going to support it." And Absolutely. I just, it, it's it's something that's special to me, man. I uh, I just I I think that's one of the greatest things you could ever do. I didn't do it. I feel guilty about not serving. But as everybody says, you know, there's some guys that are like, "Ah, you should be lucky." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the well, guy,
0: I mean, and it does make a difference. Even knowing uh, HHA is a veteran-owned company, it does. Make me more interested in that company, you know. Um, sure. That knowing it's USA made and veteran owned and operated, it's uh, you know, that's important to me.
1: Definitely, I think it, it it's a big deal, and you want to always want to support. I don't, I don't get how someone cannot support veterans. I don't really, I can't wrap my head around that.
0: Uh, it man, it's it's just if if they were in that position, like I was just talking about, thinking I'm feeling miserable, and then I see something, and they see something like that. Everything's all in perspective. Everything in the world is nothing more than perspective and how you see something and the situation you're in and the way you look at something else. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. You It's just people that are ignorant to what what these people truly give up. So we don't have to give things up.
3: Same exact reason as why, you know, you can't understand why people wouldn't support vets. Same reason why people want to try to not support hunters or, you know, try to take away what we love, which assholes. You know, they're, yeah, they're assholes. They're just they just don't understand Mm-mm. how the world works and they live in their own little bubble, but you know, that's why it's awesome. Um, I didn't say bubble, it
0: it, but I should back on it. I mean, uh, a lot of them a lot of them are assholes, but it's a lot of it and most of it is ignorance. You know, um I will say a lot of my stuff I put out and I do is vulgar and a lot of people find it distasteful and everything and yeah, Things I'm just being me and I'm passionate about what I do and things I say, I, you know, they're just flying out my mouth. I'm just having fun doing what I'm doing, you know, but I always say I never. And any hate I get, I never go back on. I use hate to educate. I find out, okay, why is it that you're hating on me for this bit of hunting I'm doing or or whatever it is, and then I break it down for them in a way that they've never really thought about it or 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 a way that they can understand um because they don't experience it. you know they don't have animals coming through their backyards every night um you know a lot of these people they they, the only animals they see wild you know they see them driving down the road or something if they're lucky or in a park where these animals you know you could almost pet the deer because no one's ever hunted them you know they they don't understand real wilderness real wild
3: right 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 Garrett well, Brenner is the uh alan iverson of the hunting industry my haters are my motivators
0: <laughs> well i want to i want to d- tell you what there are more people that would probably like to see me fail than succeed but that don't stop me one bit
1: <laughs> well garrett what i want to do is transition explain what modern assassins is and what you do um for people that aren't aware and uh, so they can learn about your project and what you got going on and where to find you and all that good stuff just go ahead and cut into that now
0: yeah for sure um Basically, the Modern Assassins was just, um, you know, I guess I'll start with where the name came up, because that's what everybody always asked me. And it started a long time ago. I was just, I was bell hunting. And, you know, a bell is a primitive weapon. And uh, I, as soon as I killed my first deer with a bell, I became obsessed with, with hunting. Um, you know, I always enjoyed hunting and fishing got to do it a little growing up but when i got into college i got my own bow i needed something to do besides hang out and drink you know so way to get me out in the wilderness and all got a bow learn to shoot and you know i was hunting one day and i'm thinking about this primitive weapon and and thinking of kind of a name you know i'm going off a of primitive and i'm looking i'm like man i got glass layered limbs aluminum riser lighted knocks, you know carbon shafts and fiber fiber sites, I'm like, this is some modern assassin shit. This isn't a primitive weapon. And I killed a deer that night on film, and I said something about modern assassins, and the name stuck. But, um, you know, really what it is is just uh, I've always enjoyed hunting, always enjoyed fishing. And I figured, uh, you know, I'm not in a place where I I was very well connected or have the biggest deer. And I was just doing this for me and having fun and figured, you know, if anyone's ever going to see this, it's going to be me putting it out on the Internet. So uh, I kind of stopped filming like your normal TV hunts and shows would be. And I filmed just like, uh, you know, the cameras, a buddy in the tree with me. And all I really try to promote is just people enjoying what they do and being real about it, you know. And uh, I, I never, at least I hope I never put off this way, that I'm the best at anything. Um, I do a lot of of everything so i don't have time to focus on just one thing you know i duck hunt i goose hunt uh, of course you know my bow is uh i could never give up my bow or deer hunting that's my my go-to and what i've always been into but yeah i film everything i edit all my own videos um I just decided to come up with the name, the apparel, and, and, you know, it's just been rolling. And uh, the best thing about it is I'm not really focused or pigeonholed into any one thing. You know, it's it's an ever-evolving thing, just, just like the sport is and the industry. I mean, you know, Kurt and I talked about this a little bit ago. Just a few years back, you know, no one would sponsor guys that openly talked about drinking beer or cursed you know what i mean right Mao,
3: i am wow how times have changed jesus i was trying to say my put your
1: beer down for fuck's sake
3: Dude. <laughs> Speaking Jeez. of, yeah have Good a Lord.
1: Yeah, let me uh, let me drink and try that again no but you you're absolutely right there man it's it, times are changing and that's one thing that i love about you so much man watching your videos and following you online is uh it real you really are no bullshit, and uh,
0: I, I, that's all I try to be, man. Is I, I just try to be as real as can be. You know, I learned something a long time ago. Like, no, you know, no matter how sweet the peach, there's just some asshole that don't like peaches. <laughs> it's like no, there's no one that you can be that's gonna please everyone. So, why not be anyone but yourself? You're exactly. never going to please anyone, yep. whoever you are. So, just be yourself,
1: you know? Well, the thing is, man, it's sad. Like We just did a uh, shout-out to the Chasing Tails podcast. Me and Steve were just a guest on uh, on them the other week. That was a fun time. And uh, we, awesome. we, we talked about this a little bit. Um, it just it blows my mind that people change their, their persona or things they do or the way they act or things they might say because they're on a camera or trying to do a show or there's the record buttons turn red, which I get that to a point, you know, you got a job to do. And, you know, if you're, you know, you, you got to fit your job, but if you're the, your show is, we're just being real. Like, you know, you hear this too much. We are just real. We're just real people. We're just doing what we do. Hunters like us. We just want to relate. And then it's like, you don't know what he First off, no one talks like that. and and it's like you just you can see right through you're like yeah you definitely have this is not real it's like a reality show is not really at a reality show anymore (laughs)
0: like if you have to do makeup yeah I I just learned that you know uh, I lost entertainment in the cookie cutter model You know, it stopped appealing to me. And and for a long time, you know, when I first started filming, uh, you know, I got my first camera. My my parents bought it for me when I graduated from college. And I have literally filmed every hunt uh, when I get in a tree. I have gotten to the tree before, gotten up, gotten ready, and realized, shit, I don't have my camera. I left it on the charger at home, and I get out of the tree, and I go home. How many cameras I'm, do you run now? Nowadays, we were watching. So, we're
1: going to link some of your videos in the description of this episode so listeners can go sure, and watch. For sure. but, and we were watching your Halloween buck. Yep. Yep. And uh, I'm like, good God Almighty, how many cameras does he <laughs> run? And, and the cool thing is, that video, it's all just you by yourself.
0: Yeah. See, that's it. That's the other thing a lot of people don't realize is, um, you know, until I started really hunting with some of the guys out in Ohio, my buddies from Tattooed in the Wild, um, You know, Keith has filmed me a couple times. Ryan has filmed me a few times, but other than that, all my hunts are self filmed. You know, and it it was never really planned that way. Um, That's why you know the name was Modern Assassins. Uh, I had some buddies that I thought I was going to do this kind of stuff with. That seemed interested, but I was the only one putting anything out. So I just kind of cap at the grind, you know, myself, and instead of trying to push others, I just push myself harder. So, yeah, sometimes I may have... Uh, a couple cameras on the ground that I place and I hide. And then I'll have, you know, my 4K or, you know, now it's 4K or it was a 1080 HD camera up in the tree with me that I can move and I can zoom in and I can really cover everything. I have a GoPro above me so you can see everything I'm doing. Um, in that Halloween video, you see I put a GoPro on my head as the buck's coming in. Yep. But yeah, you pulled <laughs> pull that off. Yeah, well, I I had uh, that buck when I first filmed him. He was only 25 yards away, but that cover was so thick that I could barely even see him. I was actually questioning whether or not I was going to shoot that deer. It's um, a really good buck. because of how thick it was. Oh man! Now, well, once I got a good look at him, I, I feel stupid for Ooh. questioning. Well, yeah, and you were like but, in that
2: interview. You're like, yeah, I'm just sitting there with my thumb up my
0: butt. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, see, you know, that's kind of wh- what I'm talking about. I, I. I I don't know what I'm about to say. I'm just talking as if I'm sitting there with my friends, you know? And sometimes I say some dumb shit. Sometimes I mix things up. But, you know, it's real. That's that's real. That That's what how it all really goes down, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I think people appreciate that, too, man. You can tell. it's There's certain shows you like to see um, a professional formatted, like, you know what I mean? Where it's like people put on kind of like, I'm hosting a show. And it's it's it, there's certain places and certain times for it. For example, yeah, like, Bill Winky is the perfect it's, professional. That's right where I was going. It, perfect like, professional. Bill Winky, one hundred percent. The Drurries. It's if Bill Winky was like, sup, motherfuckers? We're here. We're going in." I'd be like, "Yeah, dude, it's, it's bullshit." A, it, I'd be like, "This wow. is awesome." It, it would be good, but it depends on how you go about it. You know, his show it works the way he do it, and there's a lot of shows that work done in that certain way. But sometimes you got to break that mold and people don't want to watch a hundred shows like that no
0: well it's funny too you say that you bring them up the the is what got me into filming um the, dude they are they legends
1: in the game there's no doubt about that
0: man I, I i uh i got my bow like i said up in college for for something different and um you know a guy shout out to jesse broadwater he he's uh he, you guys may even know the name now, but, you know, when I met him, he was probably only 16 and just start. but now he's a champion archer. Um, but, you know, I I went out, I borrowed a climbing tree stand from a friend. I went out, a property I had never been to, I climbed up in a tree, and I had practiced professionally with my bow. You know, I had practiced a lot, and I saw deer, but they came in too late. And I couldn't get a shot. So next time I went back, I was like, I got to find out where these deer are coming from, you know. And I tracked them backwards up the mountain. And I killed my, my first deer with a bow on a property I had never been to, but maybe once or twice before, figuring out the sign by myself, you know, a climbing tree stand. And I was fully addicted. And... I immediately wanted to learn more, and I borrowed a tape that uh, was—I believe it was called American Um, Spirit—and it was a drury video. And I just, you know, fell in love with filming. And once I saw, I saw—I believe it was Don Kiske passed on a buck, and I was like, "What in the hell is that about?" You know. And then he saw him again the next year. I'm like, "Wait a minute." I, you know, I had no idea that people watched deer from one year to another or, or you know, that, that it was this in depth. And ever since then, I've just been fully engrossed into it. You know, um, it, it's like I, if I can't get an animal on film, I don't take the animal. Um, you know, there should be a few more trophies on my wall that I didn't get an arrow off because either, you know, I couldn't get them to slow down to where I could get the camera on them and then get, get set up and make the shot or to where I thought I could make the shot. And I draw my bow back and something with the camera arms in the way, and I can't get on the deer the way I need to, Mm -hmm. um, but you know it's just like i said if i forget the camera i climb down it's just i've committed to it so much that i know if if i climb the tree without the camera that's going to be the time i shoot you know a world-class deer and i'm just going to be (laughs) excited and just as upset at the same time so i just always have a camera rolling and um you know that it, It's a lot of fun, but it adds a much tougher element, especially doing it all yourself. It's a pain in the ass,
1: man. I've filmed a lot of hunts, and uh, I don't do film anymore, and I podcast. <laughs> it,
0: uh, film, well, and here's the thing, stuff, too. The, the last thing you want to do when you climb into a tree, the last thing you want to do is go into the spot where you're hoping a deer is going to come. Right. The last thing you want to do is walk into that shooting lane where you're hoping that shot will be. Well, I'm walking into that spot and I'm leaving something there. You know what I mean? I'm I'm getting into that spot and I'm leaving a camera there. Um, and that just it. it I've had that, you know, plenty of deer bust me that way, too. Um, but it's just I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'm, I'm as obsessed with making the film as I am making an ethical clean kill. So it's go ahead just, and
1: explain that a little bit because some listeners are probably like, what, is, what does he mean? So, like, in your Halloween buck video, which we're going to link that in the, in the description, you have cameras down low at deer level.
0: Yes, what I did there was I, I strapped that to a tree pretty much like you would a trail camp and had a GoPro and, and I have extended batteries on these things where they can record for about five hours. And, you know, I got there before the sun came up and, you know, set that camera up in the dark. And, and the thing is, is then you're hoping it's on, you're hoping it's still running. Um, but, yeah, I, and you see how close the deer walked to that camera.
1: So you have that um, camera running the entire time, and you don't have, like, a remote for it?
0: See, I've found, I, I, like I said, I've been doing this for years, and uh, i found that, one, you're hoping that remote works. Uh-huh. Two, you're fumbling around with the remote, getting it ready to go. <laughs> and a lot of times they just don't work. And having the Wi-Fi on and it's sitting idle, will actually kill your battery faster than if you just put it on record and leave it.
3: Mm, Oh, really? Interesting.
0: So, you know, I may set a camera out and leave it on record for a five-hour hunt, but I only may ha- may have only thirty seconds of footage off of it the pool. So <laughs> hoping,
3: you're hoping <laughs> that hunt only lasts to like right after dark or right after or after daylight, which is the you time know, that I, I usually get to the stand. I ain't got time to set up cameras like that.
0: <laughs> well, That's a thing too, you know. Like um, sometimes I'm hunting the morning and the evening. Um, so. It's like, okay, I got to get down. I got to get whatever footage I got off of the memory cards into the computer. I got to get all these cameras charged again. I got to, you know, do all this and get back out to where I am the evening hunt. You know, a a lot of times I'll hunt, go to work, and then I'll leave, try to catch a few more hours hunt. And then a lot of times I got to go back to work again. Um, But it's it's tough, but I'm just obsessed with it, plain and simple
1: that you know you have to be almost if you're if you're trying to run that type of production and and run all the equipment you're running you have to be dedicated to the game yeah and uh mostly by yourself too that's i mean that's
0: and I, i appreciate that thank you and um you know i've i've never been much of a technical guy so to train myself with all these things with the cameras and all these things with the editing and um, you know everything all the post production stuff um, it's it, it, it's that takes so much time in itself to learn to do all that um, and yeah it's it, it it just takes a lot to, to have all the cameras everything ready and it does, uh, it does get you busted you know I'm carrying such a heavy book bag out there uh, I think about I'm like, man, if I didn't have camera gear, I would have my grunt in the pocket, I would have my rangefinder on my neck, and a license in my pocket, and a knife, and I'd be good to go. Um, you know, now I'm dragging a big book bag, setting shit up, I gotta be there an extra 35, 45 minutes early than the hunt would normally start, but...
1: <laughs> it, do you ever think sometimes like is this even worth it or do you just is, all the time? Yeah, <laughs>
0: See, well, that's Well, how are true to your you know, craft. <laughs> you know how you know how hunting is. How many times do you go out and how many times are you successful? Right, right. You know, you have so many times where you basically sat in the woods for the evening. Well, yeah, I did that, too. But now I got, you know, three, four cameras to clean up, to recharge, to get everything done again. Uh, you know, right. I do a pre-interview for everything just in case, you know, and carry in everything out there. Yeah, for sure. it's um, It'd be very easy to quit.
1: <laughs> yeah, No doubt, no doubt. Hey, I got to ask you. So you're out east, Maryland. Yep, yep. Maryland. Maryland, Maryland. Maryland. Um, I've never Maryland. been there, but you sent us the invite to go shoot something with arrows that us Midwestern boys are very unfamiliar with, and I figured this would make interesting conversation for our listeners.
3: And Steve and Irwin, Irwin fans have not soon forgot.
0: <laughs> oh, no, not at all. So, yeah, this is revenge for Steve Irwin, you know, on epic scale. <laughs>
1: Both yeah, fishing man, stingrays. A, Talk about stingrays. What the fuck is a stingray? Man,
0: man, well, <laughs> it's a kinda stings. What, yeah, <laughs> everybody kind of knows what stingrays are, but they do not know that the the kind of epidemic that's going on up here in the Chesapeake. Um, the Chesapeake in the summer gets loaded. With stingrays, they just come up and, and they they devastate the bay. Um, they're eating crabs, they're eating clams, you know. Oh, don't let don't let them,
3: you, you East coasters! How are we going to get a clam chowder? <laughs> if We're not going to have
0: lobster. <laughs> yeah, the is, it's true. All that's going to become more expensive. Um, you know, a, a stingray chowder. The, the stingrays that we kill are on clam lines that aren't marked or known about. You know, kind of find out that the clam line is there because because of the way the rays are feeding there. But yeah, man, uh, I, I'm guessing all y'all saw the video. It gets pretty crazy and uh, insane, dude. And hell, it's with a boat. Does it get more fun than just out on a boat having fun with your buddies in the off season and so, shooting shit? Yeah, with don't the forget boat? the Garrett, let hammer.
1: Me, <laughs> let me add this. Let me explain this. So, Ka-ping. our comparison to that type of situation is. Mind blowing. Well, well, no. (laughs) What? What are you talking about? So, what
3: the hell are you talking
1: about? Bow fishing. That's one. That's the first time Steve's ever said that to somebody else on the podcast. By the way, but uh, (laughs) bow fishing on the Illinois River with the jumping carp.
0: It's like our comparison
1: to that. When you say like that's like our epidemic, like oh shit, apocalypse. So pretty much, that, and that's—I don't know if you've ever seen that on TV. That
0: oh hell yeah, man! I, I've wanted to do that for a while. I just haven't made it happen yet. Well,
1: um, well that's well, so close to us, and we've never—none of us—you guys have never done it, have you? Mm, nope, mm, Eric no, and Doug. No. Um, but it's something we should do because it's so—it's literally an hour from where we're yeah. at. We've
3: never done it. Well, I'm like—I'm curious because I know why those—the Asian carp—because they were like accidentally introduced. I mean, I'm, I'm curious about the rays. I. I never knew that they were that bad. I mean, what
1: happened? Is it all the commercial fishing that brought them there? I want want you to explain just the whole thing around the stingrays. It's wild. It's mind-blowing.
0: It's it's a good question because they are, and a lot of people would say they are, but they are not an invasive species. Um, They are not. And that's a, they are not an invasive species. They have historically always been around they've always been up and down the east coast um they are very much a nuisance species and here here's the thing the only thing that eats rays are sharks right well nobody wants sharks around nobody wants sharks in the bay no one wants sharks at the inlet no No one one in san jose Exactly. No one wants sharks around. So shark numbers have dropped down to about 15% of what they were. Now that you've taken the only predator away, this is where they come to birth their pups. Mm. So they come up in the bay to birth. Well, then they also spend the summer in their feeding. And now it's just the population has not been controlled by Mother Nature because of the, how many sharks that we've killed. We Humans have created this problem. Humans have taken the only predator out, therefore allowing them to explode. And it really is doing a lot of ecological damage to the bay.
3: Hey, can, can I ask a dumb question? My geology is off, but the Chesapeake Bay, is that...
0: The fresh is that fresh water or is that salt water? That that it's brackish. Um, it's mostly salty. It depends how far up in the bay. Obviously, uh, it, you know where where it leads into the Atlantic. It's all fresh, but you can follow it up through Maryland all the way up to to where it becomes fresh water in the Susquehanna River where it feeds in.
3: Okay, so is there like a big difference between stingrays, manta rays, and devil rays, or is it just freshwater, salt water?
0: Uh, yeah, there's a difference between all of them, actually. Um, you know, and and then you got the butterfly rays and, and, and um, the southern rays. There's there's a ton of different kinds of stingrays. These ones are cow nose rays. The cow nose rays are the ones that are that causing the big problem in the Chesapeake right now.
1: And I imagine listeners right now are going, "Okay, you can shoot these. Can you eat them?" Right. I was just gonna ask that. Yeah.
0: You can, and they're actually pretty good. And here's one of the things that's funny, and this is how you can tell someone is bullshit. Um, people say that, that they're just like scallops. Well, southern rays and butterfly rays, a lot of them are very, very similar to scallops, poor man scallops. But these cow nose rays are much uh, more of a red uh, type of meat. They, they They're almost like a veal um really you can eat them they're good but the thing eating them is kind of a pain because they pass their piss through their skin like several different kind of sharks do so that's about you you know you (laughs) think about you're you're on the boat with your bodies and you're catching fish you throw them in the cooler on ice and at the end of the day you go clean all your fish no big deal well you throw a couple of these in the cooler well they're sitting there in their own piss that they're putting through their skin you know what i mean
1: yeah um it almost seems like so, a filtered, like live well that runs like salt water through it or something I, like that to keep you, it. or scare the piss out of it.
3: I don't you know. That, I don't
0: know that they would live. So what? What you want to do is is well, just to keep the water flushing. You in put out. it out and then you 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 know you put them out and you clean them and you just take right away. Take the clean meat out. Remove the clean meat from the skin. And then you put your clean meat in the cooler and you go back to fishing. No big deal.
2: Like how fast Um, do you have to do this? Like right away, right away?
0: No, it's not like, you You know, a lot of times, you know, we don't get to it immediately. No, but it's just, you don't want them sitting there in the cooler for a while because a lot of people will say they have an ammonia smell or a urine taste. And it's like, well, (laughs) it's like, it's like anything (laughs) else. Like, you know, does does your carrot taste like dirt? No, you wash it. Does your, <laughs> does your hamburger taste like hair? No, it's been taken care of. It's it's just the proper processing, you know. That's now, all it is. this
1: thing tastes like piss. <laughs> it's it's,
0: <yeah>.
3: like, it's <laughs> like straight piss. No, I had seen. Uh, well, number one, I thought scallops were vegetables. So uh, are you serious I learned that? Some, No, I'm screwed. <laughs> but no, not really. But I, I, I hadn't <laughs> question with Steve. <laughs> I had uh, I had seen that. Um, I, I watched some video and they were cleaning uh, some rays and that's how I knew you could eat them, but they said like they only, and I don't, maybe these guys are bullshit, I don't know, maybe you're bullshitting us, I don't know, but they only cut the <laughs> cut the wings off and kept that. Is that the only good meat? Well, that's pretty much the
0: only meat. I mean, you think okay. about a stingray, it's got a head, and then it's got uh, you know, the uh, lungs and gill system, and a, a heart and a, and a digestive tract <laughs> yeah, all right. through the middle of it, and then essentially... Their bodies are two giant muscles, one wing out the right, one wing out the left. And I'll tell you, they are powerful. They are very, very strong creatures.
1: Man, that's, I, just, I would freak out even seeing one. I want to eat one. I'm going to put Cookie's
3: barbecue well, sauce on it, too.
0: And here's the thing that's crazy. That, that video, almost all of that footage was not only from the first night I tried to go out and kill Stingray's. But it was the very first night I had put that boat into water. It was the very first time I had ever been on the boat in control in the place we were at. We had no idea if you could even kill stingrays at night. We had no idea if we were going to find any. We had no idea how well the boat was going to (laughs) perform. But that's, you know... That's the kind of shit I'm into. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go have some fun. See if it can happen. Hey, it, let's, it was complete and total yeah. chaos. <laughs> is, is that something that
1: people do like on a regular basis, or is that kind of like a unique unique thing that you guys did?
0: Hey, I tell you, it's getting bigger and bigger and because of it getting bigger uh obviously social media exposure people you know see the videos or see my posts or other people's posts and stuff like that they get interested but that also brings the negative attention too um there's actually just a, a law passed in Maryland they were trying to get the stingray hunting shut down entirely And at this point, they successfully were able to shut down all tournaments for stingray fishing. Really? Um, Yes, yes. And it it, it has simply nothing more to do than people's feelings. And the worst part about it is I I understand. I I mean, you watch them in the water. They are beautiful. Like you watch a, 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 a group of geese fly through the air in a V. Well, these stingrays swim through the water in a diamond and they i mean they are beautiful to watch but that doesn't change that they they are a complete nuisance and they're causing major damage and i understand you know people thinking that killing something is not productive to helping the environment but if they would let their personal feelings go and actually do some research and see what's actually happening you know these people that claim to be environmentalists and, and, and animal lovers, they go off their own personal feelings. Not what's best for animals or what's best for the environment unfortunately.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a really, I mean, obviously all of us are hunters. We know that. That's a very common thing and uh, it affects what we love so much, what we do. It, it's just a shame. I, I always forget the term but I love the term. Where uh, The big problem is people connect human characteristics to animals is a lot of it but um
0: personification absolutely yep
1: um but the thing is like stingrays i'm surprised that it's not a little different um like you never see anyone bitching about people shooting carp and and the thing is like stingrays yeah maybe they look beautiful so i can kind of see the uproar but you know you got the the inner city libs are getting their precious scallops eaten so i would i would think that They would kind of care less about this sort of issue. Stingrays are eating vegetables.
3: Issue to them, you know what I mean? It's because of the
0: internet. People were able to make it um, to. It's people that don't eat. If you read the description, if you read the description I put with that video, it it gets into a lot of that. You know, the biggest uh, opponent, I guess you would say, for shooting stingrays, they're putting out a lot of false information. Um, you know, right. like they do studies that say that the stingrays aren't eating eating uh, the clams and the crabs and things like that in the bay. Well, they, that they mostly eat shrimp and things of that nature. And it's like, well, yeah, since you're doing a study down in the Gulf of Mexico, they are going to be full of Gulf shrimp and not full of Chesapeake clams and crabs. Right, it doesn't apply to
1: your
3: location. Yeah, Yeah, and then all of a sudden Baltimore gets to vote on it, you know?
0: I've caught hundreds of them and slit their bellies open right on my deck so we can see what they're eating to know where to go hunt more. And I tell you what, I have never found a shrimp inside any of them. You know, it's yeah. nothing but clams and crabs and, and bait fish. Um, so it's they're, they're using skewed information to get people, you, you know, it's almost like people like a uh, recreational outrage. They like something that they can attack, that other people are going to attack with them. Um, and I find nowadays that most people are very strongly opinionated and very weakly educated.
1: <laughs> That's that's the majority. That's, it's yep, sad to say. Yep, that's who, true if, fact.
3: Who said it? Was it Sal, or General Talley or it was a, I can't remember who said it, but they said those who don't know speak, those who know don't speak. So if you got someone who's loud and obnoxious, me, they yep. probably don't know what they're talking about half the time. <laughs> <Me>. <laughs> just throw it out there. I'm admitting it. But you know, if there's someone who's sitting there and sitting back and taking it all in, dude, they probably know more. And they're just like, ah, these guys are a bunch of fucking idiots. I'm not going to even going to waste my breath.
0: You know I, mean? Um, I mean, not not to change, it, you know, twist onto something else, but that's one thing that I really try not to, and hope I don't portray is that I am, you know, somehow an expert or a professional at any of this. You know, I am just passionate about all this. It's it's what I think about all day. It, it's just what I want to learn about, and that's the thing. I am constantly learning. Uh, I've I've never try to be in a position where i think i can't learn from someone else um or or just have more to learn about a thing in general and the thing is the more you learn about something the more you know you have left to learn because it just opens up so many more possibilities and situations
1: for sure and that's one thing we like to say too is you know we don't ever say that you should do this or you shouldn't do that. We you know, we have our experiences and advice that we have, but someone might have different, uh, you know, different experience or advice. But like one thing we always ripped on before was, you know, you always see like the, the blogs, like uh, if you don't kill a buck, in the, and you know, there's other podcasts and blogs that do this. If you don't kill a buck in the next ten days, you're doing something wrong. Well, I think we call it. out like. Well, if that motherfucker wrote the blog, doesn't kill a buck in the next 10 days, then fuck him. Because how are you going to tell me right. Absolutely, what the yeah. fuck <laughs> I should do, and you're not going to get it done? Like You can't say that. Because you can say, here's the best ways, or here's how to put the best odds in your favor to kill a buck in the next 10 days. And, and then we all know, we have experience, like, you know, it either happens Let's or do it, it doesn't. Right. But to tell somebody, you know, I mean, like...
0: Here's a perfect example of that, too, you know, and, and I, I see what you're saying. People try to nail things down to a window or a science or they just know how it is. And, you know, that's right. that. Um, this year I sat in a spot and I saw hardly anything. Uh, I saw a spike come by and he bumped the dough up out of a bedding area and followed her and nudged her around and that was about it I saw for the day. I talked to a buddy of mine that was only about uh, maybe 40 miles away. He saw nine different bucks that morning before noon. He saw nine different bucks chasing does. Talked to another buddy of mine. He did not see a damn deer all morning but that evening he saw five different bucks. So and we're all in the same area, so you you can never say, well, the deer are going to be moving in the evening tonight, or, you know, it, it, you only want to hunt the morning today. Now, if you have your deer pattern, that that's a different story. But as far as saying, you know, the deer are going to do this, the deer are going to do that, or you have to, it's going to be this day in that window, yep. you know, uh, I, I one of the best things I well best pieces of advice of deer hunting I got a long time ago was forget everything you think you know about deer hunting. Get out in the woods and learn about deer and deer hunting.
1: It sounds like our uh, PSA, exactly. Advertisement exactly. PSA advertisement we had. Advertisement. Advertisement. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, like, you know, we just did a
1: late season podcast a few episodes ago, and we've been talking, you know, we're in the late season, we're talking about it. The Your best chances are hunting afternoons in our area for late season. You're going to, if it's cold, hopefully you catch a buck moving out to food. But, yep. Like, yep. like what you're saying, yeah, that's that's the best chances probably for you. That you're, The most odds are going to be in your favor in that situation. But... If you know your deer and you've scouted and you got trail cams out and you've kind of put the odds of educating yourself of your area and your deer heart herd, you might get a deer that's doing the same thing every morning at 10:30 a you know, in the morning, and you're going to go out and kill him at 10:30 in the morning versus on the way out to, you know, it's you never know. That's the you beauty that, of it.
0: That's where you, you know, I, many people say it, scout hard, hunt easy. Um but it, right. it's one thing that, you know, you guys have touched on, and I absolutely love this every guys, you t- time you guys touch on this, because it is such a real fact that I think, uh, you know, it took me personally a long time to learn this, too. You can only hunt the animals that you have yep you know if your area isn't holding giant deer whether it be the genetics the food sources the pressures um whatever it is if you don't have big deer in your area you're not going to kill big deer that's that's just how it is i you know i spent several years passing deer waiting for a big buck and guess what there's just not a lot of big bucks in that area. Um, one particular property, I had five different... Now, this wasn't all the same year. This was throughout, you know, several different years. But there was five bucks that I had dead to rights that I just filmed and let walk by that the guys that hunt their loader and shotgun killed. You know, and it's like, well... Yeah, I keep doing what I think is the right thing, passing these deer. But in the end, it's like I never filled any of my tags, and there's just not going to be those type of giants with those type of guys there, you know. Um, well, that's one thing.
1: One thing I want to talk about, man. You being from the East Coast, what type of deer are in Maryland, and like what's the expectations there, and maybe like your surrounding states, whereas you know us in Illinois. We know Iowa's got big deer. We know the Midwest but, the biggest deer. It, yeah. yeah. Okay. Shut up, Doug. Right.
3: We know but, that, hey, but it's like the, it's like. Remember when we were on Chasing Tails? They were talking about just the difference. Between where they're at, it's like, dude, if forty you kill mile a,
1: difference is yeah, like, if You kill
3: a hundred and thirty inch deer, I think Walter was saying, dude, you kill a hundred and thirty inch deer, you make the paper there. Yeah, and then
0: forty miles
1: north, it's you know forty because
3: they deer. got Illinois deer, Fair so hundred fifty
0: around every corner. You know that that's the same thing here, just within the state, it can vary <clears throat> drastically. I mean, drastically. You you go out to Western Maryland, there's not much agricultural ground. It's uh, you're getting into the foothills of the Appalachians and everything. Um, And the deer are mostly all just natural forage and acorns for the most part. And the deer actually have a completely different taste out there even. Yeah, Uh, that makes sense. The the racks, you're you're just not going to get, you know, if you kill 150 inch out there, That is a true amazing. I mean, 150 inches is a great deer anywhere, but that is like cream of the crop. That that's a once in a lifetime buck out there. You better move. (laughs) I believe one of the counties in southern Maryland. I believe it's number three or four on the county list for biggest bucks ever taken for Pope and Young Um, in Maryland. In this this (laughs) county, no, no, all together, yeah. There's just, there's a pocket in southern Maryland and a pocket in, uh, on the eastern shore, on the western shore and the eastern shore. It seems like those southern portions, man, they've just got some isolated dynamite genetics. Um, now there are good deer throughout the state, but, uh, in general, you know, you're not going to see the bodies, uh, like, when I go out and hunt with my buddies from Tattooed and Wild uh, out in Ohio, man, the does are just, they, even just a doe towers over the does we have home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just a completely different genetics. But there are definitely some some really good deer here in Maryland, and it is getting better and better. Um, but where I live is a very agricultural county. Um, You know, a couple of the properties I have literally only have one or two trees on them. They're all fields. Garrett. if you
1: had to, like, one thing I think this would be interesting for our listeners, I'd say this would be kind of a, a, here in the studio, guys, what do you think? The average, probably like a good buck, you know what I mean, would probably be like, would you say between 130 and 140, it would be like where a buck starts to get good. That's probably for people who are like, I shot a big buck that's like in the range they've shot you know and you got Mm -hmm. your bigger ones that are going to go 150 160 170 all the way up to 200 um and luckily in our group we had a one basically a 170 and 182 inch down this year so shout out to the wcbogs oh yeah i'm looking at (laughs) doves. um oh yeah but out in maryland like if you had to average like a good buck as far as like you know what I mean? Put a line through it of like this is the quality of buck you're going to see consistently across the state. What would you say that class would be? And this is just out of pure curiosity um, for our listeners and and for us as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, one, I hate talking inches because I hear you, man. I hear you. You know, yeah, and I know you makes me feel you bad. Know how to measure and everything else, so I'm sure it's even worse on you. But um, you know, I'd say if I. A buddy of mine, I'm just saying within my close group of friends, you know, someone generally drops a 140 every year, um, and that's one of the better ones, um, you know, getting up to 150. But, you know, you look at the social media groups and everything where obviously you're getting thousands of people from all across the state. You know, you see what guys are saying are some 160s even, you know, even up to 170s. um, Right. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's is it fair to say the east is eastern
1: states are way overlooked?
0: You know, I, I I really do think that it's hard to say because everything is changing. One with social media, and two with just the flow of information. Um, what people are learning that they can do to help improve their deer herd, to hunt their deer herd smarter. And just to overall manage and improve, I think a lot of people are really getting into that now. And and I really think it's starting to to make a difference. Now, you know, I got Pennsylvania just to the north. And, you know, there's always some big bruisers that come out of PA. Um, Oh, yeah. Now, I can't remember... uh, I have a degree in environmental analysis and planning, and, you know, a lot of that I apply to my hunting. Um, I can't remember what the term is called right now, but there is a uh, a term that basically the further from the equator you go north, the bigger animals get. Dude, you know, um, Rinella just animalists. talked about this.
1: Yeah, the yeah. further you get because it's it's basically it's, it's heat. It has to do with heat.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So like, um, the further north you go, the, the bigger the animals get. And you notice like and, – and the smaller like ears get – but it seems like the antlers get bigger. Oh, you
3: guys, shit. You guys are. Well, no, and that's, and this is all bodies. BS. Yeah. This is all. No, but think BS. about it. Though, like, no, like. Because the e- elephants, earth is flat. I'm telling sh- right, you. you. Shut up. I
1: don't. I, like, <laughs> elephants in Africa have big ears, like it cools their blood. Yeah, you ever it, seen
3: Indian elephants? that got smaller ears, but they're like. with their equator. Yeah, no, yeah. I. I so it's, it's like
1: deer in Florida are smaller body, but when you go to deer in Saskatchewan, they're heavy bodied, big giants. Deer in.
0: Exactly. In, and they can have the same size rack. But you're going to see the bodies are nowhere close to the same. So like right. Texas it's just like southern
1: Canadian moose aren't as big as like a Yukon, Yukon. moose would be or a bears, for example.
0: The further north you go, the the hardier you got to be. You know, like, like you think about the, the clothing, North Face. The reason they're named North Face is the North Face. Is always the hardest slope. It's always the hardest side. Just like that's why your deer are always going to be, not always, why your deer are going to be bedded on a south facing slope. Yeah. They get that sunlight throughout the day. If you're yeah. in the northern hemisphere, you want to be on a south facing slope.
1: Well, I think I think South that's Pole what it is. Literally. It all boils down to heat dissipation. Is Absolutely. basically the key route to that. So the bigger say, you are, the more heat you retain. The smaller you are, the more heat you can okay. dissipate. Well, I was going to say, what are you talking dude,
3: about, Steve? The South Pole's got the the hottest tall tea. Yeah, like that. No, but, I hate what, that. I don't even, I don't what, even fucking understand. Yeah, hey, you know that. What? If
0: you say so, let's go with it. I'm <laughs> saying it. South
3: Pole, dude. <laughs> I, what I wanted to bring up because uh, you know you're on the East Coast and you know here in the Midwest, I mean you know we, we all around here we have grandfathers that. You know, grew up hunting because its just the the layout of this land is different. I, I don't know how it looks over there. Um, you know, but it's just it's a tra- tradition here. I mean, do you guys have um, you know, like QDMA uh, local QDMA's local Whitetails Unlimited uh, chapters out there? I mean, is is that something that you guys have had forever or is it new? I, I'm just trying to get a gauge on on East Coast hunting.
0: Well, um, I will say, I guess I I wouldn't be. The best person to really answer on that because I'm not, uh, I can't say I'm an active member in any of them. Now, I do practice a lot of QDMA, but I am not a member of the organization or anything. But I think just as time spreads, information spreads, yeah, things like that are getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, local 3D shoots, even down to small levels like that, are getting bigger and bigger. Really? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I, I really do think a lot of it is social media and people People learn that just like we were talking earlier about the personification of animals, there was almost a personification of hunters. You know, we're all Elmer Fudd's. We're out there drinking beer with a shotgun just trying to shoot something like an idiot. <laughs> right. And, you know, and, and there's true. a lot you more a to it. it. You know, some of the best guys you'll ever meet are hunters, the most homegrown, down-to-earth people you could ever connect with. Um, you know, and I think uh, people are just getting to see a different side of it that's really opening them up. Um, you know, like I said, I use hate to educate. People give me shit on online a lot. And I've had so many people say, you know, even though I don't agree with you, I, I can respect where you're coming from now. Well, and awesome. it is that that's all you can really ask for is to just get someone to okay take a second and maybe learn about it and not just have an uh immediate emotional reaction
3: you know right, i right. I, th- I think that's cool I man I mean, to me hunting is um is something that you know, we do this podcast we're able to reach out with and you know like talk to you know and, and meet tons of different people and I remember there was a couple things that that kind of gave me a little bit of hope and humanity. I saw, like, I, you know, sometimes I get really bored when I'm laying in bed at night, and I'll look at, like, like I'll go to Elite Archery. You could and be studying stuff in the podcast. Gonna say, I, know
0: which, I was I going to say, I don't want to know what you look up late <laughs> no. at night,
3: bored. <laughs> laying, in laying in bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll go up, and I'll look at, like, you know, where, where some elite archery dealers are, and I'll go, I'll be curious. I'll go to the East Coast and just kind of look around. I saw there was one in, like, smack dab New York City, and I'm like, man, that's, you know, that's cool. I know there are they're, they're factories up there in uh, northern New York, but to me, I thought that was cool, you know, to be in the city. You know, there's something like hunting bows and stuff, and, you know, just things like, you know, you know, over in the in the Middle East when you got, like, uh, tournament archers that are shooting, you know, other other bows like Matthews and stuff. It's just, it's something that everything, like... At some point, we can all be connected as as humans, but you know we don't have to have all this negativity. I mean, there's something there.
0: There's always a common uh, ground just, somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I know I, I'm making I mean,
3: a stupid point, but like to me, it's the little things that I'm like. It's a pebble in a beautiful garden that could be awesome. What life with I don't everybody. know. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You ever see a pebble <laughs> in a garden? It's buried deep, but there's a beautiful garden there. It's something. It's there. It could turn into something better. I know I just went on a tangent, <laughs> I but D- I did. Just...
1: Doug, did you have a question? Yeah, I was going to skip over what Steve said. Uh,
3: okay, yeah, well, screw it. So I, I got to say. I saw
1: you killed a... Is it a, a Sitka deer? Uh
0: Sitka, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, we don't
1: have those in the Midwest. I was going to ask if you can we explain those a little bit. Here. Yeah,
0: they, uh, really, uh, don't nobody have them. Um, they are... I mean, they have taking naturally to the eastern shore here in maryland um they are originally from a tiny island in japan and how they came to be from you know there's a couple different stories of how it happened but supposedly a guy bought yeah a guy bought six or eight of them from like a traveling circus (laughs) <laughs> and supposedly this guy you know was a wealthier guy and he had them and every now and then he would like give one to a friend as like a, you know just a cool gift to have this exotic animal and everything I guess it's like you know Tyson and the tiger and shit I don't know but <laughs> he eventually took them all I guess he got tired of feeding them and took them all to a small island off the eastern shore called Assateek Island and not sure if it was on their own natural movement or if it was by human influence. They made it to the mainland. Um, now, these sick deer are not actually a deer. They are a subspecies of elk really and Wow! yes absolutely they bugle they whistle they they make mews just like cows do um they uh, w- when you get to experience them you realize oh yeah this is a mini elk um their tails that they, they're a real tight tuck tail not like a white tail they get a big thick shaggy mane and neck as they get older uh their antlers are very linear um but them and whitetail do not get along at all. I've heard and, that. And I've heard that they're yeah. also... Is
1: it true that they're, like, twice as hard to hunt?
0: Man, well, one of the things is... You're you're hunting an animal. That's sick of deer that I killed. That that was a good one. That was a nice one. That's a six point. And generally i mean there are some four by fours out there but generally you get three by threes um as a big big mature one is a three by three and this is not the one i got is a is a good deer it's a great deer and i am more than excited with it after six years of hunting them little bastards but <laughs> you're hunting him at, you know he he dressed out at 73 pounds mm. Really? Holy so you're, you're hunting, and I'm in where I killed him was nine foot tall frag grass and knee deep water. I heard there's
1: swamp critters like that. That's insane. Well,
0: and, and there's a lot of speculation on that too as to why. And it's. Did they naturally just take to the marsh a little bit better? Or was it because when they got through the marsh and reached the hardwoods, that's, you know, the hardwood and the fringe of the marsh is whitetail area. Right. So you think they're being pushed out by the whitetails? It's... I'm not saying one way or another, but that's one of the speculations as to why they adapted so heavy to the marsh is because they didn't have at least the competition with the whitetails. And there are spots that overlap where you can sit and you can see a whitetail or you can see a sika. But for the most part, you're, you're going to find your tails more in your, your typical hardwood. And your sickas, for the most part, you know their feet are wet. Yours should be too. So um, I,
1: I, I'm i getting the impression that sicca deer are harder and more elusive to hunt than a whitetail.
0: They're a lot smaller. It's a much harsher environment, a much denser environment. They can live up to 20 years. I've heard that. That's Whoa, so that's crazy. Nuts. So, yeah, um, a lot of the ground to go after them is public land. So uh, you know where I'm hunting. I'm 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 hunting mostly educated animals. Um, I just got to get out there further, a little bit deeper, and you know just try a little bit harder than the next guy does. That's really the way to be successful in public land. You know. So, uh, so Gary, if a that, guy
1: from out of state were to go out there and try and kill one, I mean, what are the odds in the, in a first year?
0: Man, I like I said, it took me six years to kill one, but. I can really only say the last two that I really tried hard. I got in there. I did my scouting. I, you know, but for me to hunt them, I got to get up and I got a three-hour drive. And then from where I park, I have an hour walk. So... I got to leave, you know, five hours before sunrise if I'm going to hunt in the morning. I <laughs> agree. Even worth and, it. and I've <laughs> gone down and I've watched the sunrise and set in that marsh. And then I got an hour walk out in the dark. And then, uh, you know, two and a half, three-hour drive back home. So it's, it's a long day for me to do that. And I, I, that's one of the reasons that uh, I think my whitetail hunting has slacked a little bit this year is I've spent more days in the marsh this year uh, with my bell because I really, really want to kill one with my bow And, um, you know, like I said, they're mini elk. They're, they're very vocal. You know, a lot of people compare them to turkey. The way that you can talk to them.
1: I I was going to ask you that. Like, so if you're like a little elk, do you actually call to
0: them? Yes, you you can very much so call them, call at them. Uh, The last time I was in the marsh with my bow, I the only reason I saw this stag is he was bounding like a mule deer does. You oh, know, really? just kind of yep. hopping on all boing, four, boing, like boing, a boogoo stick. Yep. <laughs> what, a, what, <laughs> a, what, a, what a weird little I animal. I reached in the pocket real quick, and I hit, my, hit, hit a, you know, a little whistle at him, and he stopped. And I'm not kidding. It didn't take him not even a second. He called back to me immediately. I was wow. like, holy shit. You know, if you grunt or call to a whitetail, they're going to look, and they're going to look, and whatever. And then they might start their way. You don't grunt at a buck and have him look your way and brat grunt back at you, you you know, and and he stopped and he whistled at me and he came straight down, but unfortunately, he was downwind um, and I could not get him to come in closer than 60, 70 yards, um, But, yeah, uh, you know, sometimes you'll hear them walking in the water or it sends chills up your spine when you're sitting there and you don't hear anything. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, a bull elk bugling, but a little bit shorter and higher pitched because they got smaller (laughs) lungs. Yeah, sure. But when you're sitting in a dead, quiet marsh and you hear this thing going off and, and and you know sometimes you know they're right there 50 yards from you but you just cannot see them man that so, is so fascinating
1: so cool.
2: to me. right Dude, i gotta a- i gotta ask this Garrett. like what do they taste like does it taste yeah. like an elk or
0: uh, i've only had elk once uh like true wild elk once sure i but i would say yes they are nothing like a whitetail um, Hands down, they are better than a whitetail. There is no comparison. So today, that, so that, wow.
2: that three-hour drive and the hour walk in is totally worth it. Plus a three-hour drive mad. and hour walk out. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, I tell you, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, it, it can be miserable, uh, especially early season with the mosquitoes and everything.
2: On the swamp, it, it, yeah.
0: It's not, but man, something about that marsh is just so beautiful and alluring um you know you get in there and you look around and you're like there isn't anything that lives here like what am (laughs) i doing and then you see ducks you see birds you'll see you know last time i was there i saw bull uh, um turkeys wild turkeys hopping from dry spot to dry spot across the marsh almost like they knew where the little pockets were it's like well, we got we got some marsh birds. Okay, then you marsh, know marsh uh,
2: birds. Well, the good thing yeah. is too, it doesn't weigh as much as an elk, so it's easy to pack out. Yeah.
0: Well, and the thing is, a lot of time too, um, a mile. You know, when you shoot one, you may not even want to gut it because you may have to be going through knee deep water and it's a lot easier to float that thing yeah, oh, right. you gotta suck. you're getting true. blood on top you can of ride the water it and, put- uh, you, and, and because of the marsh that they live in and I think the way that they have adapted obviously I've never seen one from Japan to compare them but their coat they don't bleed much at all they have that deep dense like inner wool you know you figure they're living in wet year round like they bed on bent over grass piles that are the size of a trash can lid
2: well that's you interesting know. too because we hunted with a couple of guys from florida and they said we asked them the same thing they hunt a marsh down there and like how do you blood trail i'm like you don't like you you, know, you look for bubbles coming up from the water from where they stepped
0: that's that's when, when I shot my stag, that was the first thing that I was able to follow was just bubbles and disturbance in the water. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Wow, what a like, heavy. Now, against those tall reeds, now, if they're running through and their bodies rubbing against it, uh, most of your blood trailing is going to be, you know, kind of mid-thigh high and mm. not actually on the bottom or on the ground, I guess you would say. That's wild.
1: Gary, I want to take a tr- uh, one second. We did not... Clarify a giveaway that we're doing earlier in the podcast. I don't know how we've done this far and no one had remembered.
3: Oh no, let's I was I, no I because I, I got another question. I was going to well, let's or, do I this wanna, real
1: quick. Let's do. Let's but describe, I remember what we're going to do. Yep, just describe the giveaway and then we can go back into conversation. Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so okay. we have got a the the giveaway we're going to do. Um, we've got a male and female set that we're going to give away. We got a hat, or if you like pink or whatever color, or whatever you know, or whatever gender you uh, identify as, we're not going to judge but we got two yeah, sets right. and uh, we've got a hat a sticker uh, what else we got stickers and oh. we got stickers the face mask and man and we've got the face mask the hoo-ray. These are yeah. badass. The face mask i have one on my neck right now i've had it the whole podcast so what you, you what you want to do if you want to win said uh prize you go and to, this is late
1: in the podcast so uh you got some good odds so you only, might well yeah, the only real ones listen to this but uh what you're gonna do you're oh, gonna go steve to, didn't ruin it yet there's still people listening <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know <laughs> uh, yeah
3: go to uh go to uh the modern assassins instagram page which is what go ahead garrett that's just at the modern assassin at the modern assassin, yeah, go to his uh, Instagram page. Um, when this is uploaded, you'll you'll see our uh, his post you know, from our, with our logo. His post with our logo. Say I listen to working class bow hunter and uh, tag us. We're gonna pick uh, pick a winner, a male and female. Again, don't judge us if we get it wrong. Just kidding. We'll know the difference. But uh yeah, we've got um or you know uh maybe say which one you want to win. So we're picking maybe, two maybe, winners, so yeah, we're picking here. two winners, so if you want to win that uh win that prize for that girl you're gonna take on a date, tag uh tag us and let us know. Hey, I want this uh for my old lady or uh whatever.
0: That hat with the run and buckle on the side of it's pretty sweet, isn't it? Yes,
1: yeah, they it, are that, nice. Man. It's good stuff, definitely. And uh the face mask is in there is in there as well. And these things are Sweet. And it's not only a face mask, it's like a bandana you can wear for it's gonna be perfect early season. Doug's already mapping his out to wear for turkey.
3: Yep, man. they're they're com- they are very comfortable um to wear, man. I, I I'm a, I'm very impressed
1: by these uh, and the actual hoo rag. I like though. the bear skull on it. That thing's badass.
0: Yeah, man, and that that's a friend of mine, uh Christina Heartless, Heartless Art, you know. Um I every, you know, everything I do I kind of just try to Um, you know, even with the music I use in my videos, I kind of use unknowns or local. You know, most of it's all my local friends. I I just like to, um,. I just try to do everything unique and different, and yeah, the same with the artwork on that. A friend of mine helped me out with the art, and I'm actually, uh, you know, it, it looking at doing conjunction with her again and doing one in more of a desert pattern that is a cougar skull, and then one in more of a snow pattern that would be a wolf skull. Just kind of cover all the, the oh, big, that'd be awesome. Big game predators oh, of North sure. America, you know. Oh, that's
3: awesome! Uh, I am like wearing you're, it right now. I'm not know you. <laughs> you can definitely hear uh, Garrett, yeah, dude. That's awesome, dude! You're putting the homies on. I mean, that's. I, I always enjoyed that. There's a there's a couple other yep. hunting shows that uh, that did that where it's like local local bands and man, that's you know you get an outlet and you want to a little bit higher.
1: I'm wearing the, really. I'm wearing them. Has. There you go.
3: <laughs> that thing does look awesome. But yeah,
0: dude, the who I, think I so. could just
1: beat the shit out of Steve with this on. Dude, I'll put mine on and beat the shit out
2: of you.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Kurt, if you end up dead next to a bear, uh, which I, I've heard more than once that the, this may be how you go out, <laughs> I want to see you wearing that mask. You oh, got to let that bear know he's got an equal match. You oh, know what I mean? Don't
3: worry, when they arrest me for Kurt's for me bludgeoning Kurt to death, I will be wearing this in my mugshot, so don't worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, man, there's been a lot of, lot of different things killed with people wearing that mask but that that would be a first steve <laughs> <laughs> the
1: ultimate predator another human <laughs> it'll actually never happen so it's fine but uh we will we will rock them this season uh, yet, this season yet for sure um so thank you man for providing all this and yeah man for sure to all the listeners participate in the giveaway there you um go. back to we'll see if steve actually remember what were we talking about yeah so no
3: because i want to bring up because i was looking up uh when you guys were talking about, I like I just uh, you know was typing in Sitka and there's a difference between Sitka and Sika deer. There absolutely is, and it's wild that they still call it a deer. But um, I this is on Wikipedia, so however <laughs> however valid this information is, so not very valid. But when they're talking about introduced populations, they went from everywhere to Estonia, Germany, Switzerland. But in the United States, Maryland is where they introduced him to. Oklahoma, Nebraska, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Virginia, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Maine, Wyoming, Washington, and Kansas. So it sounds like they're trying to make this a... uh,
0: Well, I I will tell you that Maryland... The very fringe of Delaware that is kind of connected to Maryland, as well as a fringe of Virginia connected to Maryland, is the only place that these are wild. Um, okay. Okay. Completely wild that you can go hunt these animals free-range. Um, sure, they got them in Texas, and, and you know, in, in Pennsylvania, you're allowed to have deer farms and stuff like that. So I'm sure there are populations of them other places, but as far as being able to hunt these animals 100% free-range, I'm pretty sure, you know, here in Maryland and the fringe of uh, just the connecting states is the only place to do so. So much to the point that right now um, in Delaware, you can kill a sickadier and use uh, your whitetail tag, and you you automatically get another whitetail tag. No shit, really. uh, Yeah, because, I, I mean, it is an invasive species. It is a... Even though they've been here for a hundred years or better, and they've established themselves, they truly are an invasive species. Now, welcome invasive species, but <laughs> why? Yeah, you, you know, and that's one of the things. You, you know, they've been hunted for so long, and 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 they've become sick. Of deer hunting has become a big part of the the East Coast culture. You know, over the years. Um, and it's it's come to the point where uh you know from from people i've spoke with and if i get a chance to speak with a dnr officer or something i take that opportunity you know i'm always trying to learn more and everything else and it seems like where they're at now is they are at a point where they want to manage the population they have without letting it expand in territory so they're not trying to eliminate them, you know, in, in the Eastern Shore and in the national park and everything. But they're trying to keep it confined, and they're trying to just keep it at a healthy level,
2: right? And you said like it's a it's a nuisance, um, or
0: they're yeah, they, in, they're they're not really much of a nuisance, but they are invasive, absolutely. So invasive. they're
2: not causing any harm at all.
0: No, that's, that's really the reason because of the habitat that they're living in and because they've been sure. able to study them for so long. Yep. And watch the impacts that they're making to the marsh. They they really aren't having a, a, a big negative impact toward the, either the natural vegetation or the other native species. Okay, I got So you. that's why they they integrated fairly well, and that's why there's been a a management plan as opposed to an eradication plan.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. It's definitely a fascinating animal, especially. Some oh, boys dude, from the Midwest, they, man. Yeah, man, oh, yeah. And,
0: and they are. But when you hear one whistle in that marsh, it's it's a dude. It's 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 an addiction, just like hearing a buck grunt chasing a doe. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's once you see that for the first time, and, and you feel that blood rush, it's just something that's hard to match. That's why we all keep doing it. You know, for I think sure. I think yeah.
2: I just added this to my bucket list. I know um, I'm thinking that the whole time I'm gonna, too. I'm, like, I'm gonna yeah, do this. Cool, if man. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna come hunt with you
0: well i'll tell you dude come on out we'll 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 make something happen um i will say that i expect there to be a significant increase in people sick of deer hunting next year because um uh, because you eater. heard it on the because, working yeah, class bow hunter podcast, podcast. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah uh but meat eater podcast um steve ranella did a podcast and a show yeah um, he just talked yep. about
1: it i remember that yep
0: yeah, and I I think that's probably going to turn a good pit of people onto it. But I tell you what, when people get out here and they find out that everything out there, whether it's, you know, the grass or the briars, everything wants to cut you or bite you or sting you and how dense and difficult that these deer can be and, and, and just how skittish they are. I mean, I'm not trying to steer anybody away from it, because it, 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 killing that thing was one of the most rewarding animals that I've ever put down in my life. Um, but it is harsh. It, it's not easy, and it's it takes a lot. And a lot of people just don't want to put in what it takes, and I actually understand that, you know? Would you say it's harsh in the marsh? I mean, it is very harsh in the marsh, brother.
1: <laughs> I'm writing that down for show notes.
0: Harsh in the marsh.
1: That's awesome.
0: Uh, uh, but shit. yeah, you know, it's, it's, the, you call them. You, you, you know, you, it, calling is very effective. Um, you know, I know you guys, uh, it, do you guys call a lot for Whitetail? I know you guys have um, talked about it a lot, but it seems like you guys aren't big into calling, are you?
2: <laughs> I'm not a big caller at
0: I'm all. I'm not
1: either. Um, I will say, when the time is right, man, I, I flirt around with rattling, and this year was the most successful year I've ever had with that. Um, but, like, right now, no, none at all, you know, late season.
0: When yeah, the time's you right. say that, too, you know. I, was, I can't remember who it was, uh, but I remember you guys were just talking on a podcast recently about Clint calling in late season. Yes, and he said no calling at all. And here's the thing. If I see a single doe, I will do a short bleat to her, just a short contact bleat and i cannot tell you how many does i have got that are wandering a field edge or out in an open cut field that are never going to naturally come by my stand give a short just contact kind of curiosity bleat not a, not not like your estrus bleat but just kind of a, a short meow. and you'll have that doe looking you know especially even after gun season when these deer are looking to herd back up um, I've actually called several does into bow range with a short bleat in late season. Now, Bucks, uh, I I don't think I would call to a buck. I've never yeah. had I've never had luck in late season with bringing a buck to me. But I feel like the does are just more in that social group. And after they've been busted apart and the herds are separated from shotgun season and just this and that and pressure, um, I've absolutely used short bleats to bring does into bow range. I can see that for
1: sure. With a buck, I mean I definitely wouldn't call because all you're going you to do is probably talk- make them more shy. But
0: Yep, you're talking to a loner creature that is skittish of everything at that point. And, you know, with, with the does, you're just playing more off of that curiosity. Um, yeah. It's a curiosity to be in the group more than, uh, than it is uh, any other type of, you know, like, like you would call to a buck as a doe. That, that's more of a, you know, rutting or, or breeding type tactic.
2: Right, and also sure. I wanted to ask, like in Maryland, how long does your deer season go to?
0: Man, we got a good deer season out here. It starts generally the first week of September, and it goes till the end of January. Damn, yeah,
2: that's a long time.
0: That, that's what I'm saying. I need uh, you know luck of the podcast here to, <laughs> to help me finish it off in the in January here. Uh, you still I'm there? Keep, oh, we got it. I'm going to keep grinding on it. So one thing
1: that we should uh, do, I want to cut into rapid fire. Um, are you cool with that if we have, I don't know, have you ever heard our rapid fire questions? I uh, have, man. Yeah, let's do it. Son of a bitch. So you already kind of know uh, what we're going to uh, ask here. Go. Okay. <laughs> Somebody we first things maybe we can first. add it maybe we can add in some randoms here. We haven't done this in a long time. So rapid fire for our listeners, we ask a list of questions and they have to answer as simply as possible. Um, that's part of the challenge. Um, we mix it up between hunting questions and questions that aren't hunting to keep it interesting. Um, first things first. Favorite pro wrestler?
3: Ah,
0: uh, shit. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, because, I mean, if you carry around a 2x4, you're a badass. <laughs> dude, I was just talking about Hacksaw Jim Duggan today, dude. That's well, awesome. Of course you were.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Why would not oh! you be? Big <laughs> surprise. Oh, dude, I love
0: Hacksaw.
1: Favorite camo pattern?
0: Uh, I think I'd have to go with the Real Tree AP at this point. Favorite movie? Cool, man. That's a good one. Um, maybe Snatch or Green Street Hooligans?
3: Ooh, that is a good movie. God damn, that was the most East Coast answer I've ever heard. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> hey man, I get gritty. That's all I'll say. <laughs>
2: Green <laughs>
0: Street Hooligans. <laughs> Last song you played? Last song I played. Shit. Um. I don't even know. I I think it was something Rage on my way home from work. Big Rage fan. Okay. Uh, So those that
1: Armed
3: Forces are the same ones that Ah, never mind. Get that (laughs) favorite band.
0: Favorite band? Uh, It it may have to be Rage, right there. Yeah. Okay. Rage Against the Machine. Favorite outdoor magazine. Man, I've. I've been looking at outdoor life forever. My grandfather had it, so I kind of grew up with it. I guess I'll stick with outdoor life. Classic. Uh, I
1: I respect that. Um, Favorite bow brand? Favorite
0: bow brand. Man, that's a tough one. Um, Actually, I've it's an easy Hoyts. one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've shot Hoyts for a long time. Um, I'm actually looking into getting a new bow next year, and I guarantee you I will be picking up some of the elites, but I'm a firm believer that there is no best bow, that you get out there, you pick it up, and whatever you shoot best is the best bow for you, and that's that. Even Darren Cushenberry said that
3: last week. He's like – he. Works for elite, and he's like, dude, you got to shoot what's best for you. Now, eventually, you? when you get mature enough, then you know how both shoot. You come to elite, but
0: well, yeah. <laughs> and it, well the, I mean, in, in all seriousness, it wasn't long ago that you basically you had what Hoyt, Matthews, Botek, and PSE, and that was you know that was pretty much your your top end bows is you had those big four and you know you got elite coming out and obsession and expedition and and there's just a lot of companies with top technology pushing the edge and it's you know it's ford dodge chevy all of them make what they think is the best product and it's it's just personal opinion as to what you like and what fits you best at that point all right favorite car
3: brand or truck brand
0: Oh, that that I got to go Cummins, man. Bram all the way. Ooh, boy. It's two in a row. I was about to say, dude. I was Wolf. like, yeah, there
3: is no uh, just Dodge and Chevy at this point. There's no Ford. All right.
0: Oh, it's uh, it's not even Dodge. It's Cummins. <laughs> oh, it's <nothing> it. <laughs> See,
3: put a Cummins where that power stroke used to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Backstrap or jerky? Heart.
1: Heart. Oh, well, wow. that's, that's a good heart, answer. Yes. The first. He was, he, was, he the was prepared heart, for that. But.
0: Um, yeah, ah, oh, man. I think I'd have to say jerky because you can eat jerky anywhere, anytime. But my favorite part of a deer is the heart. You
3: can eat heart anywhere, anytime. It just depends on how much of a man you are.
0: I, I don't challenge me with a good time, brother. Have you <laughs> ate stingray heart? Um. Shit, you know what? I don't think I have, and I generally eat the heart from everything. I even keep all my waterfowl hearts, everything. Uh, No, I'm going to do that specifically for you, Steve. Deep fry fry that, man. When we we come out, when
1: we come out, do us a favor when you do that. Take a video of you eating it. Oh hell yeah! And, And shout us out.
0: I promise you. Okay, perfect. I'll hold you to that. um hey i'm holding you to you guys getting out here to do it sometime we will give give us
1: a year or so we'll get out
0: there Uh, dude i'm telling you i know you guys you know live and breathe bow hunting and this is just fun way to have fun with buddies and a bow and in the off season and do something different you know
1: definitely man we're all about it
0: favorite outdoor related show favorite outdoor related show um Man, I'd have to say relentless pursuit just because Tim Wells is such a badass. For sure. He's like an hour from us. Uh, dude, he's, uh, I mean. Right? He's he's just a a hell of a talent, and I love how he's kind of an outsider and self-made and self-proclaimed. I've always just uh, really admired him, his skill. I mean, and he does things. He'll take shots that most people would say, man, that's an unethical shot or you shouldn't do that. But he has the practice. He has the confidence. To where he can do it, and you know, I, I I know guys that they don't have any business shooting a bowet and animal twenty yards, you know. But yeah, I know right. other guys that they like practice creep. out to hundred yards every day. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know. So it's all about capabilities, and I tell you, there's a lot that guy's capable of, and I'm a huge fan for sure. Favorite podcast. Favorite podcast would definitely be Working Class Bell Hunter. No second guess. Oh,
3: thank, man, you, thank you, to my one friend. one podcast period. Okay, <laughs>
0: man, I tell you for real. I, I, I not only do. Um you know a lot of things you guys talk about it makes me think about what i got going on in my woods not only right now but things that i've maybe experienced in past hunts that i didn't pick up or put together until i hear someone else say it. and it's like oh you know the little light bulb clicks and man i'm just a guy that uh, i i just love information i i just can't get enough can't learn enough and and i'm uh, always learning something from you guys so yeah Working class bell hunter all the way.
1: Thank you, man. We really appreciate that. And that being said, if you had to pick one of us only oh, to come agree. stingray fishing stingray bow fishing with you, who would you pick? Here we go.
2: Uh, Here we go. Dr- drum man, roll, please.
0: I I think I'd have to say you, Kurt, because um I think you you seem like you probably be pretty down to get wild and i think steve may be scared to get near the edge get the fuck and, out of um, here with that bullshit
2: Mark,
1: mark
3: <laughs> tally down for me, boy. Fa- <laughs> why do people think i'm scared of shit i'm not and,
1: and, i ain't afraid and, and, of nothing say a whole lot so i might forget he's on the boat
3: oh no i'll be
2: there
1: hey i'll be there mark a <laughs> tally <laughs> down for me i win another uh, one get dude, out dude, of here i'm
0: telling you, I'm tell you if i'd you be guys the guy get a chance to get raised, out here baby. for real you you it's an experience uh it's an experience like nothing else. It would be a blast. Alright, let's 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 hammer out these rapid fires, man. Let's typ- go on. fire away, fire
1: away. Typical deer or non typical?
0: Typical with just a little bit of character.
1: Love it, love Solid. it. Hang on or ladder stands. Cool. Uh, I would have to say hang on for sure, but the climber versus hang on,
0: I think I'd have to pick my climber.
1: What was the saying from the? Uh, what'd you say on the show? Oh, on your show? God damn it! I can't. I'm thirty feet up and don't don't, don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. Uh,
0: it? thirty it? feet up, top of the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, beer or liquor after you kill the buck of your dreams? You're celebrating. Moonshine, baby. Moonshine, the core. What's uh, your back dream hunt? A lifetime. Well, we're,
0: we're having. We're getting mobbed. Uh, dream Hunt, man. I would have to say down in New Zealand, down there in uh, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit Land, chasing Red Stag with a bow. <laughs> hell yeah, yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Favorite restaurant?
0: Um, Damn. Damn, that's a good one. You knew your favorite uh, yeah.
3: hunt, but you don't know where you'd eat every day. You know what you would do for like three days. Man, if you, you ever I had the eat, chance? What I eat every day is what
0: I kill out back. That's what I eat every day. I mean, did you see my Instagram yesterday? I shot five ducks, a goose, and a deer. I got a lot of butchering going on. I don't need to go. To okay, restaurant. how about this? Uh, say, say you're
1: coming. You're going west to do a podcast with a working class bowhunter in studio. You stop at one restaurant on the way over. Where are you stopping?
0: Oh man. Something that's got a good steak. I'll say that because I shake. never, I have not bought red meat from a store in probably 10 to 15 years. So if I'm in a restaurant, I like a good red meat steak. Texas
3: Roadhouse. Hey, any, uh, if you had to pick one restaurant to make your uh, game meat, which one would it be? It fast would be food joint.
0: Oh, fast food joint? Yeah, which oh, fast food uh, joint? Wendy's. <laughs> Man, that's Wendy is, I mean, right he there, the most real. He wants, a, he wants
1: so. the squares.
3: Yeah, square <laughs>
0: patties. I want something that was probably alive once. I'm not sure if the other place's shit was actually even living at some point.
1: Wendy's know? ain't gonna get the double bacon elk. <laughs> <Soup? laughs> if you had to pick one superhero power, what would it be?
0: Ha, ah, fuck um i mean i'd like to say invisibility because then i could hunt anything but that would take away the fun from it um i think i'd be a fly for sure
1: teleportation fly i get
0: that i'd be flying man i forget shooting geese i'm chasing them bitches in the air now <laughs> you're yeah. above
2: them not above I'm them.
0: Dive them i'm taking over the bald eagles territory make room
1: all right man this is your time right now just what do you got to say where can people find you
2: Spit it. Yeah,
0: uh yeah man, just uh, I I just try to have fun. I think what I do, um, you know, most people can relate to and, and have fun with it too. So yeah, check out my Instagram. Uh, the modern assassin please check out my youtube and subscribe i'm trying to get more and more on getting on videos and i have so much content to get out but you know i do work full-time and i hunt just about full-time so it's hard to get things edited to the quality of what i'm trying to produce when i put something out i'm i'm not trying to put out a home film GoPro video like you see so many of. I'm trying to put out a production that people are actually going to be entertained with. So, yeah, please check out my my YouTube, The Modern Assassin, Instagram, The Modern Assassin. Um, you know, check out the things I'm involved in with uh, you know the Square Up, which is a bow product that I, I got to get you guys turned on to. I don't know if you guys looked into that at all. Um, but I saw. It I saw a, I
1: did. I did see it.
0: Dude, that is a simplest shooting aid that will make anyone, whether you are a professional archer or a first-time shooter, not only a better shooter, but a more confident shooter. Um, I absolutely love that thing, and I will not be hunting without it. But, uh, yeah, man, just just check me out on, on Instagram, YouTube, and, you know... Keep up with, with working class Bell Hunter. Hope to be back on with you guys. Um, For sure, I will say, uh, you know, the, the friend I said, listening to podcasts. I, that's how I found out about them slick trick raptor tricks. I, I pretty much tune out when I hear Steve's voice, but I heard <laughs> I heard slick trick and I heard mechanical on the same. They sentence. do some I was like, oh, I got to check these things out. They're fucking uh, average
3: listener right here, <laughs> dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I've always been a big fan of slick tricks. I've shot them for many many years uh mainly the magnums or the viper trick but as soon as i saw they had a you know it is kind of a swacker style head but it's a lower profile all steel i you know I've, i was all about it and i've put it to the test twice and yep they've tore some shit
1: up, up this year for us god damn god right
0: Put it this way, my animals went in a distance measured in feet, not in yards. You know, I shot a doe it went
2: three centimeters.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's about how far my doe went. <laughs>
2: yep, yep.
0: <laughs>
1: well, dude, thank you so much for coming on our show, man. We, yeah. we definitely appreciate it. I feel we talked about a lot that is unknown for most of our listeners, and uh, I learned a lot. And uh, hopefully the
0: next podcast
1: we record, you're in studio or we're out there
0: yeah man i'd love to come out there uh help maybe i'll load up the, the the boat and and the truck and head out there we'll do some bow fishing out there do a podcast if you guys can't make it out here maybe but, we'll uh, wing
1: some illinois river jumping carp fishing and, and we'll all just try it all at the same time
0: man i ain't never done it but i ain't promise you we're gonna have a hell of a good time out there that's, that's right. right that is right
1: oh yes well stick around on the phone man Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We don't know why you listen, but we appreciate the hell out of you. Don't forget the giveaway. Go to Modern Assassin's post on his Instagram, at The Modern Assassin. The one with the episode art. And comment, I want to win some shit, or I listen to the podcast. (laughs) Just comment on there and tag us and let us know. We'll pick a winner. Yeah,
3: say whatever and tag us. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. Hashtag tag us, whatever you do. Just do it we love you so you know, much
0: and, and uh yeah everybody out there you know uh, i'm super thankful for everybody that supports me and i know you guys are all thankful for everybody that supports you guys and allow us to just chase what we love to do you know we we'd be right. doing this whether we were successful at it or not it's just what we love to do and of uh, of course you know y'all get out there and shoot your bell
1: i'm gonna close it at that we love you